0: Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries.
1: Welcome to Mitt Talk. I'm Mitzi, and this is your one-stop shop for all types of mini-business. Get it? Like risky business, but for mitts! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mitzi, can I have my mic back, please?
1: You don't want to be my first guest on Mitt Talk? Everyone will think it's about baseball, but really, it's about cooking.
0: How about Later. Right now it's time for Mystery Recipe.
1: Ooh, does this mean, is this, is this mic on? I was just pretending. <laughs> Honestly,
0: it was pretty good, Mitzi. I would listen to Mit talk.
1: Oh, shucks. Really? Maybe this isn't as tricky as I thought. But sorry, it is time for Mystery Recipe. Hmm.
0: I'm Molly Birnbaum, editor in chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Today, we'll be getting experimental with tomatoes in our pressing questions segment. Then it's time for something unexpected with our wild card.
1: Molly? As your assistant, I've been fielding all the questions and requests we get from listeners, and I think we've got a great pressing question to help set up today's experiment.
0: Perfect. Let's get started. Right Right after our our theme.
1: theme. Looks good. I bet it tastes good.
2: Ooh, it's a tomato mystery recipe.
0: So, Mitzi, you said you had the perfect pressing question for today's episode.
1: I do. I think it will make for a great experiment, and I kind of want to know the answer myself. Great. What is it? Well, before I tell you, I have a small request. You do? All right. What? Once I tell you. Please don't leave me alone to run the podcast while you're off doing your experiment. I never know what to say.
0: No way. I'm sure you always do a great job. As long as you don't always cut to a word from our sponsors, you've got nothing to worry about.
1: Oh, Molly's on to me. That's what I do every time because I get nervous.
0: I'm just kidding. I cut to a word from our sponsors all the time. Besides, your opening for Talk was fantastic. Oh,
1: Yeah only because I didn't know the mic was even on.
0: Well, how about you pretend the mic isn't on then? The Kid Recipe Testers aren't here with us, they're listening at home or in the car or, you know, wherever.
1: I just, okay, fine. I can handle it.
0: Great, so what's the question?
1: Oh, right, sorry. (laughs) My mom always says vine-ripened tomatoes, like the ones from our garden, are better than store-bought. But is that really true? How much better could they possibly taste?
0: That was Cadence, age 11. Thanks, Cadence. Mitzi, you are right again. That is the perfect question.
1: Right? I think it's going to be another taste test.
0: I think you're right about that, too. I'm going to go set things up in the recipe lab. We've got a few kid recipe testers there already.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. I know what that means.
0: You're in charge, Mitzi. Oh, and and
1: Mitzi? Yeah? You're going to do great. Okay. It's just like the mic isn't on. The mic isn't on. The mic isn't on. Okay. Let's do
3: this.
0: (sighs) There. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Test, test, test one, two, test one, two... Yeah, it looks good.
1: I'm sorry, Molly. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You said to act like the mic wasn't on, so I turned the mic off.
0: Don't be sorry, Mitzi, it's fine. I just meant as if the mic wasn't on. I wasn't really suggesting you turn it off.
1: I can be very literal sometimes.
0: But we're back. Mic is on and looks like we're recording again.
1: Hooray!
0: And the taste test was a success. The kid recipe testers and I finished the taste test, and we have the results. I'll tell you all about it.
1: Right after a word from our sponsors. Grownups, this ad is for you.
0: Hey, grownups. If there's one thing we simply cannot have enough of in my house, it is snacks. That's why Kroger's ship service is so great. You can browse snacks and other stuff online and get it shipped right to your house. It's fast and easy, and your order will arrive in as little as one to three days. My daughter Olive was pretty impressed. What's in there? Can you pull it out? <gasps> what do you think all those are? Gummies. Oh, do you think this is maybe the largest box of gummies you've ever seen? Yeah. What else is in the box?
1: Pretzels.
0: Learn more at Kroger.com and get the yummiest snacks shipped directly to your doorstep. Welcome back. All right, now for today's pressing question. We invited Asha, Lena, Nico, and Lucia to the recipe lab to find out just how different vine-ripened tomatoes taste from regular store-ripened ones.
1: With another taste test! My name is Nico, and I'm nine years old. My name is Lucien. I'm
3: eight years old. My name is Asha, and I'm seven years old.
1: My name is Lena, and I'm five years old. My name is Mitzi, and I am oven mitt years old. But, uh, it appears you did not cook anything that you could then bring back and share with me, Molly.
0: This one was actually pretty simple. We compared vine-ripened tomatoes and store-ripened tomatoes. But since this was a blind taste test...
1: Oh, I know. You cut the samples up ahead of time and labeled them A and B so the tasters wouldn't know which is which.
0: Exactly, nicely said, Mitzi.
1: I am ripe with scientific know-how now, Molly.
0: So sample A was our vine-ripened tomato and sample B was store-ripened.
1: Okay, so sample A...
0: Sample B. Okay? Thank you. A B. You ready? So when you eat, think a lot about how it tastes.
1: That sounds delicious. I love tomatoes.
0: Me too. But not everyone who tasted them did. Eva
1: nice, so hates tomatoes.
0: You don't like tomatoes. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. It's cool. But even though Nico didn't like tomatoes, his opinion still mattered for the experiment.
1: Because it was about comparing the two types of tomatoes, not deciding if tomatoes were good or bad. Exactly. Wow. Nico really had to sacrifice in the name of science then, huh?
0: He sure did. Also, this time we wanted to make sure everyone had a chance to tell us their thoughts one at a time before hearing what other people thought.
1: Uh, why's that, Molly?
0: Well, we didn't want one taster's opinion to have an effect on everyone else's.
1: Ah, like how my favorite color became blue because your favorite color was blue, and I think you're kind of just the most amazing person in the world, and you know so much about cooking, and I really admire you on so many levels, and, uh, we still like blue, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, we still like blue. That's a good example, Mitzi. This is especially true in a taste test. Our tasters might hear someone else describe a food as sour or delicious and choose to use those words too instead of coming up with different words on their own. It's not wrong or bad, but if we can avoid it, we always try to.
1: So how did you avoid that this time?
0: We invited our testers to join us in the far corner of the recipe lab and quietly tell us what they thought.
1: And uh, just to be clear, sample A. Was vine ripened, and sample B was star ripened.
0: Exactly, but you don't have to whisper that part, Mitzi. The experiment's already over. Who would like to go
2: first? Okay, Lucia. Sample A had more flavor than sample B. Okay.
0: Did you like which one did you like better?
2: Sample A.
0: Well, B didn't taste as sweet as sample A. Okay, which one had more flavor?
3: Mm, sample A. I noticed that sample B was bigger and sample A had more flavor and it popped out more. It was juicier. B had not as much flavor. It had more skin and hard bits. I liked sample A the best.
0: All right, what, did, what did you think, Nico?
3: Um, I
2: liked sample A better. Why? Um, it was a little bit more juicier
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, than the other one, and it was a little better. Okay. Which one had more flavor? Like, <laughs> Simple Sibley. I still
1: have the taste. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we have the clear winner!
0: Absolutely. Everyone liked the vine-ripened tomatoes more than the store-ripened ones.
1: They all said it had more flavor. But why?
0: Well, that's where the science comes in. When tomato plants grow, they start off as green or yellow, depending on the type. And while sometimes green tomatoes taste good in certain recipes, they often are not ready to eat. They continue to grow and change on the tomato plant, eventually turning either red or orange. That's called ripening.
1: So, when the tomato is old enough and has changed color and has lots of flavor, it's called ripe.
0: That's correct. Most tomatoes can ripen in one of two ways. They can ripen on the vine, which means it's still on the plants, in the dirt where they grow. Or they can ripen after they are picked and on their way to the supermarket.
1: Interesting. Why would anyone want to pick a tomato before it's ripened?
0: Well, when tomatoes are unripe, they are a lot tougher and more firm. If the tomatoes are hard or tough, they are more sturdy and easier to ship from the farm to the market.
1: So then, what happens when the green, unripe tomatoes arrive at the grocery store?
0: First, they'll make a stop at a distributor close to the market. These distributors will then use a chemical called ethylene to trick the green tomatoes into ripening and turning red.
1: Ethel, who? <gasps> Did you poison those children with chemical tomatoes, Molly? You are not the Molly I know and love.
0: Of course not. Ethylene is perfectly natural. It's what the tomatoes produce themselves when they ripen, so it's not harmful at all. But it makes these store-ripened tomatoes ripen really quickly, sort of all at once. The flavor doesn't have as much time to change, and so they may look bright red, but they might not have a ton of flavor.
1: And so, since vine-ripened tomatoes have more time to ripen on the plant, uh, they have more flavor? Yep,
0: they can be harder to ship, because they're already ripe and a bit softer, but they have more time to ripen and more time to develop that yummy, tomatoy flavor.
1: Uh, yummy to some, but not yummy to everyone. Like, not yummy to Nico.
0: That's true. Not everyone likes every vegetable.
1: Well, uh, don't you mean fruit, Molly? <laughs> yes,
0: which leads me to my next segment. Thank you, Mitzi.
1: no. Thank you, Molly. It was a pleasure as always. See you later, Ripe tomato. Bye!
0: All right, folks, we are about out of time for today's episode. But as always, here's something unexpected. It's time for our wild card segment. What you are about to hear next is based on a true story. It's a story about the New Jersey state vegetable, which is actually a fruit.
3: In the criminal justice system, culinary-based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New Jersey, the dedicated detectives who investigate these fruitful felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Senate. These are their stories.
2: Order in the court. Order! The court today hears the case of Science versus the New Jersey Senate. Can the tomato be the New Jersey State Vegetable? Science, we'll start with you.
3: Thank you, your honor. Now I am here today with a single fact that will offer a simple solution to this problem. Tomatoes are fruits. I object. On what grounds? I'm upset.
2: Overruled. Continue, please, science.
3: This is just a fact, ladies and gentlemen, and not even a new fact at that. A fruit has seeds on the inside. It's just that simple. I present exhibit a It's
2: it's a tomato.
3: It's a tomato. And once I take <gasps> this knife.
2: <gasps> now you've cut it in half.
3: I have cut the tomato in half. And what do you see, Your Honor?
2: Thin outer wall, pulp, and seeds.
3: And where are the seeds, Your Honor?
2: The seeds are on the inside. <gasps> the
3: defense rests its case.
4: Senator Real Person, the floor is yours thank you your honor and thank you science for your contributions to society at large really i trust science i love science but today science is not the path we must take i am here today on behalf of mr redacted's fourth grade class at actual town elementary school here in the beautiful state of new jersey The Garden State, a state so named because of the pride and honor we take in our produce. The tomato has brought this state nutrients, economic stability, and dare I say it, joy, for years. This fourth grade class merely wants to instill the humble tomato with the honor it deserves. But if the tomato is a fruit... How can it become our New Jersey state vegetable? I present Exhibit B. (gasps) Your Honor, would you describe Exhibit B for the court? It's a transcript of the
2: Supreme Court case of Nix v. Hedden from 1893.
4: And what exactly does this case say about tomatoes, Your Honor?
2: Uh, well, let's see. Um, would you look at that?
4: It says that they're all vegetables. In 1893, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled the tomato as a vegetable. And why, you might ask? Well, Your Honor, tomatoes were categorized as vegetables due to its place on the dinner table, in entrees and appetizers, and its undeniable absence in desserts. Why, then... If the highest court in our country has labeled it as such, should the New Jersey state vegetable not be our beloved tomato?
3: Well, courts aren't everything, you know? I mean, science is science.
2: Dare I remind you we are in court right now? It is decided. The New Jersey state vegetables shall be the tomato.
0: That's all the time we have for this week's mystery recipe. Tomato week may be coming to a flavorful close, but it sure was ripe with information. Tomatoes are fruits, are commonly used in ketchup and pasta sauces, and taste much better when ripened on the vine. We'll be back on Monday to introduce our next secret ingredient. And don't forget, at the end of the season, we'll be making a recipe using all of our ingredients. So far, we have onions, salt, olive oil, and tomatoes. Any guesses? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. Until then, keep on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a chef's hat. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer, he is an apron covered in flour. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a trusty wooden spoon. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. The cutting board. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music. He's the timer on your microwave. Our post-production supervisor is Hen Margolis, a measuring cup. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also our grocery list. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's the oven. David Nussbaum is our CEO, our favorite cookbook. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, our deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, and editorial assistant, Katie O'Hara. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Adelina Rodriguez, and Kelly Moon. Kaya Williams was the fact checker and a contributing writer on this episode. Thanks again to our sponsor, Purdue. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids.